You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Happy Easter, buddy. Did you just call me Bunny? No. I don't like that. You know, I've been through an ordeal, and I would like to discuss it. I, I hope it wasn't anything too serious. It couldn't have been more serious. I know you don't know what a gym is, but inside of a gym you're going to find something called a locker room. Okay? Are you following me so far? Yeah, that's that's where the, the women take their, their panties off. Anywho, I arrived at the gym that I go to. I walked, you know, over to the locker room to put my gym paraphernalia away, and that's when it happened. What happened? I saw an old man's penis. Why would you look at that? You of all people have to know that the rule is shoulders up. Dude, it wasn't my fault. As soon as I walked into the locker room, he was the first thing I saw. He was standing in front of one of those hand-drying machines, but he wasn't drying his hands. Wait, you mean he was... Yes. He was drying his no-no bits, and he made me watch. How did he make you watch? Was he holding a gun? Well, no. Well, then that was voluntary. F*** you, alright? We made eye contact, and he didn't even blink. The level of confidence, or just, I don't give a crap, whichever it was in this case, it, it was it was nothing short of astounding, okay? I, I don't even know how to respond to this. So, wh- wh- what did you end up doing? Oh, I'll tell you what I ended up doing, alright? You wanna know what I did? I'll tell you what I did. I gave him a taste of his own medicine. I stripped down, I went over to the air dryer machine next to him, started drying my own manhood, vigorously, and we just stared at each other. I whispered, no homo, to him. You know, so I think that we were all squared away there. That's that's why I don't go to the gym. That's not why you don't go to the gym. You son of a... Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. Phil and I will be your guides as we peer into the ridiculous reality of our society and our government. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Make Liberty Great Again, Fifty Shades of Gay. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me, as always, and never, ever, anyone else, ever, because I know he's afraid of that, my co-host, Phil Padilla. Hey, you. Don't. No, don't, don't. You've, you've poisoned my mind enough already. All right, that's fair. I mean, we'll just get right into it. What do you got lined up for us today? We're going to, uh, we're going to talk about the Mueller report again. Ugh. Can we not? We have to, don't we? I mean, if we don't, won't our millions of adoring fans... I mean, be a little disappointed? Probably not. Well, let's do it anyway. The Mueller report finally dropped in its redacted form, and it was 448 pages long. Oof. Who does this guy think he is? George R.R. Martin? Well, I'm not going to waste my time on reading all of that. Luckily, there's been a lot of reporting on it, so we have some idea of what is in it. Yeah, it's a, a lot of no evidence of collusion or obstruction. To quote Glenn Greenwald, it was obliterated. You, you're, you aren't doing that. You're not doing that right. Quote. Can't be in the middle of a sentence. Well, I think we've established that I make my own rules. But the report states numerous times that there was no evidence. Not just insufficient evidence, but none at all in regards to Russian election interference. It gets better. Regarding the Facebook ads and Twitter posts from Russia's internet research agency, you know, that people are losing their minds over, Mueller states, quote, You know, you're right. That does sound better. The investigation did not identify evidence that any U.S. persons knowingly or intentionally coordinated with the IRA's interference operation. It appears to also put to bed the allegation that the Trump campaign and Russian officials tried to arrange a meeting to work together to disseminate information about Hillary Clinton. As Mueller said, 
Quote. No meeting took place. Okay. Okay. All right. Did you get out of your system? You can you can stop rubbing it at any time. I get it. Um, but it, it seems the common thing here from what we're talking about is there's just no evidence. But do you hear that? Uh, it sounds a lot like exoneration to me. I mean, even Manafort Papadopoulos, that's a weird name, and Page were cleared as not being agents of the Russian government. To expand on the IRA's activity, there were approximately 3,500 advertisements that they spent $100,000 on, and there are articles and studies available that confirm there was minimal impact at best. Also, I've read some reports where the ads didn't even target swing states, and many of them were published after the election. So people should probably chill on that too. But they won't. We know they won't. They're still chirping about obstruction, which there was also no evidence to support. The best I've been able to interpret from what I've read is Trump may or may not have asked people to do some somewhat shady stuff after the conspiracy started gaining steam. But none of them did what he asked. So furthermore, as uh, Greenwald points out, there was no underlying crime to even attempt to cover up. This is just a taste of Greenwald's amazing article. But don't worry. We're going to link to the full article in the show notes. But did you see my favorite part of the report? Is it where they define trolling? Yep. Mueller defined it as internet users, in this context, paid operatives who post inflammatory or otherwise disruptive content on social media or other websites. I guess that's not too bad. I mean, I wish I was being paid, um, but they missed the part where it's about saying or posting things that makes the other person perform for you without their knowledge. And that is always my goal. And you're very good at it. But here's a fun little tidbit before we move on to our next segment. Elizabeth Warren is urging the House of Representatives to begin impeachment proceedings. <laughs> it gets better. Just wait. She let loose a series of tweets citing the report as evidence of both obstruction of justice and collusion, which we went you know, into a little bit of detail of talking about how there isn't any. Uh, but she goes on to say that Mueller put the, the next step in the hands of Congress... And that next step, in her words, is impeachment. Ah, it seems like a stretch considering the port states no evidence of crimes were found. Well, duh, but that's as we've witnessed the past two plus years or so, that's not going to stop the crazy train. You know, the Democrats are on a mission to have people swinging from the gallows for crimes that never even happened. I mean, even if they do, I'm sure they'll have a heck of a time getting that past the Senate. Yeah, that'll be an interesting battle to see play out if they move forward with that. So that'll be definitely interesting to see how that plays out here in the, in the coming weeks, months, and maybe 10 more years of investigating this. But moving on, you know, I, we just wanted to touch on a little update about our last talk about North Korea. And surprise, surprise, they want Pompeo to basically go pound sand. You know, Kim Jong-un must be listening to our podcast. That's what I'm thinking as well. But, you know, I'm not sure if it's a compliment or not. But this, you know, reportedly came after a test firing of a, quote, tactical guided weapon. And from what I've read, the test doesn't seem to be one of the banned mid or long range missiles that they're not allowed to test, I guess. Um, I guess they just want to show people that they aren't weak and backing down, you know, or being intimidated by the U.S. in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I mean, that's how the Kims work. Uh, they can't let the Korean people think that they are weak for even a second. Uh, Kim saying he wants nothing to do with Pompeo seems like the logical response given Pompeo's hawkish and arrogant attitude. Well, yeah, totes. You know, apparently Pyongyang is also accusing Pompeo of downplaying recent comments made by Kim Jong-un, who made a statement that Washington has until the end of the year 
to come up with some sort of mutual, mutually, excuse me, agreeable terms to salvage the nuclear talks. It appears they're referring to a recent speech Pompeo gave at Texas A&M, where he said Kim Jong-un promised to denuke the country at the first summit with Trump. So he also went on the state that North Korean and U.S. officials were working to, quote, chart a path forward so we can get there, and that also, quote, Kim said he wanted it done by the end of the year. But Pompeo clarified that he'd like to see it done much sooner. So it looks like he's talking out of his butt if North Korea is pushing back so firmly against this. I think that's a pretty safe bet. The, you know, the North Korean statement said Pompeo was misrepresenting the meaning of their requirement. Uh, this is referring to the part about negotiations being done by year's end. They got a pretty nice jab in by saying Pompeo has a talented skill of fabricating stories. That's, that's pretty good. Props for that one. Um, but the statement goes on to say that his continued involvement would basically jam up negotiations, and they want someone who is, quote, more careful and mature in communicating with us. But I mean, at least Kim is open to another summit with Trump, albeit they want the U.S. to change up its tactics with sanctions, and they have that end-of-the-year pressure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's all, there's at least always hope on the table as long as they're willing to meet, but it'll be interesting to see how Trump handles it, you know? Like we've discussed before, sometimes his instincts are, you know, okay at best, but, you know, as you said, he doesn't really have any real principles. So, you know, with that being said... He may want to puff out his chest too or just side with Pompeo and try to speed up the timeline. You know, we never really know what we're going to get with this guy. Pompeo has to go if we want any progress with North Korea. To me, that seems crystal clear. I can't help but think that if Trump had actually drained the swamp and got rid of some of these neoconservative pieces of and surrounded himself with decent folks, we could have possibly had some decent relations at this point. Yeah, but, you know, let's look at the scoreboard so far. And... He sucks on foreign policy. Yeah, and uh, he's he's actually even more dead to me now. I mean, just as we said what might happen, he uh, he axed the bill that would have ended the United States' role in the tragedy in Yemen. Ugh, what a just, what a total asshole. Kim and the John Bolton he wrote in on. Why did he say he was using the veto in the first place? Um, well, he responded in the most ignorant way possible. Awesome. Apparently, the Senate and the, and the House... Um, who are supposed to be the ones who declare war and decide these types of things, uh, were trying to take away his constitutional authority. Mm, nope. I don't think that's how that works. Can confirm. Uh, he also said that not backing this war for the Saudis would put the American public in jeopardy. How? How does everything always come down to the Saudis and they're... It's like the Saudis are like Israel. They're they're more important than literally anything else. I mean, it's it's unclear how... That would affect the American public. Screw that dude. He should have known better. You know, there's just there's just no such thing as common sense anymore, but there's no sense at all in that puffy head of his. Regardless, you know, we stand with all who are hurting and dying in Yemen right now. Certainly. And, you know, I, we'd like to take a moment to recognize Tulsi Gabbard as the badass that she is for calling out Trump over this matter and accusing him of prostituting. That's right prostituting the u.s just to benefit the saudis that's awesome right check out this quote by vetoing the war powers resolution trump has again proven that he is the servant of saudi arabia the theocratic dictatorship that spends billions of dollars every single year spreading the most extreme and intolerant form of islam around the world the very same ideology that motivated al-qaeda and other jihadists boom face 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I know we don't agree with her on some issues. You know, I, I know she wants to uni- universalize healthcare and all that crap, but it's just so great seeing someone telling it like it is, you know, especially when it comes to foreign policy, which I don't know if people have figured out by now is our biggest bugaboo. I, I anxiously await the follow-up articles that will undoubtedly accuse her of being a Russian agent or um, Bashar al-Assad's best friend or uh, you name it. Yeah, whatever whatever they pick out of a hat, that's what she's going to be in the coming weeks. But, uh, hey, dear friend, are you ready to hear the newest and freshest first world outrage? No. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway then buckle your seat, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. The U.S. Naval Academy is going to ban transgender people from attending their school starting in 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, you know, some Trump administration restrictions were, you know, finally put in place on Friday after several legal hurdles and challenges. Um, this directive bans transgender troops from openly serving and denies medical care for gender transition, which reversed an Obama-era policy. The directive also bars future applicants who have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria. So so why should we care? Am I supposed to fight for some supposed right to kill Yemenis overseas when you're confused about your genitals? Well, man, that Yemen thing really riles you up. You're damn skippy, it does. Well, you know, but you're right. We shouldn't care, but the PC culture and SJW police are jumping all over this as discrimination and, you know, all the usual buzzwords that they throw out that are just meaningless at this point. But let, let's be real. Why is this a big deal? In all honesty, shouldn't we want the military of all things to be extremely selective and discriminatory? I mean, what's inherently wrong with that? I mean, it is the military. We have our own criticisms of the military, but you know, I think we can at least agree that we want affliction-free applicants, or at least as close to that as possible. It shouldn't be a revolving door to anyone and everyone. I mean, could you imagine the disaster that would be? Just unchecked just people floating into the military. I mean, if I have to pay for it um, against my will, I mean, that seems like a fair assessment to me. I mean, at least, you know, my tax dollars won't be spent on hormone therapy, transitions, etc. That's probably the best part of this whole directive. So, um, Phil. Yes. If you were to choose which classes of citizens should be protected classes in the United States, who would be on your list? Oh, easy. The gays. That's one. Oh, there's more? Okay. Um, let's see. Who's the next person oppressed besides gays? All right, black people. That's two. What are you going for here? Am I just supposed to keep guessing? Well, I, th- I, th- I thought I'd see how long it took you to, to get to journalists. Journalists? Are you, are you kidding? Nope. They are an oppressed and hurting people that deserve our love and support in these trying times. Not to be funny, but, I mean, that's got to be fake news. Unfortunately not. Um, NPR had a whole piece about it. No <laughs> No <laughs> The corporate press is the enemy of the people. I love this article that you shared. Trumpzilla criticizes the press for being dishonest, and somehow that's tantamount to relentless attacks on the press and press freedoms. I just, I love it. I mean, at least they mention how the Obama administration used the 1917 Espionage Act to prosecute more whistleblowers than any previous administration combined. Well, that's just lovely. Finally, that guy getting some criticism for something. But, you know, to be honest with you, I'm over this article. Most of the examples they're referencing are from other countries. But... Nope, moving on. But what about the Reuters journalists that were gunned down? You know, the ones that uh, that WikiLeaks uncovered? 
forget them and forget all the stuff going on with Assange. I mean, what's more important, that or Jim Acosta being sad? I mean, my heart truly breaks for him. Yes, and a moment of silence for his feels, starting now. And that should do it? That should do it. And, you know, to close out the show, I just wanted to have a little bit of fun reinforcing the well-known fact that the left can't meme. I mean, it's scientifically proven. I mean, we're talking peer-reviewed articles in scientific journals. If you want to know what we're talking about, I'll tell you. The Daily Show took an excerpt from the Mueller report, quote, Oh my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm They added this text over a picture of Trump facing backwards. I'm not really sure what why he was facing backwards. I don't know what that adds to the whole, you know, energy of the meme, but whatever. How's that funny? Well, the jury's still out on that. I just, I love how they take a perfectly natural reaction to the first time, you know, you're hearing about being accused of being a Russian puppet and try to use it like an admission of guilt. You know, if I was in the public eye or, you know, or in his shoes and got smacked with some crazy accusation, I'd probably be a little out of sorts, a little upset, and maybe even, even a little hysterical too. I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly just sad. The Titanic is literally sinking and they refuse to abandon ship. Yeah. Comedy is uh, is just about dead. And they have killed it. Oh my god, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. <laughs> China. China. One last thing before we go. Um, we came across this article, thanks to Ryan, um, about the Obama paintings. Have you heard about the Obama paintings, Phil? Uh, I, nope. I'm... Not until this very moment. I'm looking over the article and, you know, uh, I, I don't have a lot of words because this is just, this is so weird. Right. Right. So, so this, this guy who, um, I mean, the picture of him that leads the article, I mean, it legitimately looks like someone taking a picture of their toddler or, you know, the toddler coming up and going, take a picture of me, yeah. take a picture of me. I love my outfit. Take a picture of me. Or they caught a mid-fart. <laughs> but uh, so in this article, uh, it, it talks. So I'll just read the first bit of it. An exhibit of paintings depicting each day of Barack Obama's two-term presidency has come to his hometown for the first time. So they, they traveled all the way to Kenya just to look at these paintings? <laughs> no, I, I, it may be Chicago. Um, oh, but, right, right, right. My bad. Yeah, because he's an American, damn it. I know. My <laughs> um, but the, and you know as original as this guy was he called them the obama paintings well it's um, a little on the nose but okay yeah i mean honestly when i read the title of this article i thought that obama had taken up painting like um like george, george w bush had <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i was really excited for a second but i mean this dude painted 2922 images of barack obama that's this guy his name his his name is rob pruitt that's way too many paintings but i'd like to i'd like to go right, back to the right, idea right. of obama making paintings do you think they would just be a bunch of drones in the air <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i mean what kind of sad pathetic miserable existence does someone have to live in order to paint almost 3,000 paintings of one dude who did a mediocre job. 
I have no idea, but in looking at the cover photo, there's one one of the paintings is him shooting a basketball, and there's so many of him just standing there talking on a cell phone. Like what? What? <laughs> what is your inspiration to paint him standing there talking on a cell phone? Like how enamored do you have to be with this guy to make a painting of him talking on a cell phone? This guy. I mean, certainly this guy isn't married. I mean, there's no way. Or ever talk to a girl. Right. I think he probably spends a little too much time with himself, if you know what I mean. Well, there's a nice little quote from him. So this this really just reinforces what I just said. I had in mind a philosophy, which was that I wanted to rein in all the spaces of his presidency. Well, you really captured it with him talking on the phone and shooting hoops there, you weirdo. <laughs> I mean, what an absolute i mean just boring but yeah no i just had to bring that up i i I had to make you look at those pictures yeah i mean the article goes on to say the paintings depict moments ranging from bill signings to tender moments with former first lady michelle obama so with you know all the conspiracies going around with michelle obama being a dude do you think the tender moments like do you think like she's the big spoon and he's the little spoon <laughs> like in those paintings i hope there's at least one spooning painting yeah like she would be spooning him like just rocking him to sleep because he just woke up and had a bad dream or something and she's trying to calm him down it's okay you can just pretend that those kids in in yemen weren't real yeah. you can just pretend just blow up the school <laughs> blow up the school it'll be okay it'll be okay the Doctors Without Borders Hospital isn't needed there. It isn't needed there, baby. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine their pillow talk. Oh, my goodness. All right, folks. Thank you for having a bit of fun with us and joining us on this adventure into the absolute madness that is our world. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon by typing in This is MLGA. If you'd like to send us an email, you can type that again and throw Gmail at the end. Hit us up, subscribe, and make sure to rate us on iTunes. It helps us grow and guarantees new episodes. You know, help us get on that new and noteworthy section. Uh, And also, don't forget to check out the MLGA Network. We're a small and scrappy group of libertarians that share all of the best liberty podcasts on MLGANetwork.com. Make sure to check that out. We'll have even more original shows coming your way soon. And if you're not listening to Technoagorist, you're missing out. I'm Ryan Burgett, and I deserve to be here. (laughs) we're happy to be here we're happy you're with us stay sane